Welcome back to episode 56 Looking Lost, everybody. This is X, aka Henny. I black are still in the two young attack Excelsior bitches. We got a special episode for y'all this week. Uh, this is kind of just going to be like the Looking Glass highlight tape. Uh, that might be the episode title, too. I'm not even going front. Uh, this is going to uh, just take us through the times of uh, our highs, our lows, uh, where we've come from. This is kind of a appreciation to the fans. This is kind of something you know, people have been asking me about, about doing. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do it, man. Uh, we're going to start off with the uh, <laughs> the greatest analogy in Looking Glass history. Uh, Ash, we were talking about fucking My Hero Academia and Redemption Arcs because uh, I think Endeavor. Endeavor's Ash just had one in My Hero. By, and by had one, I mean like a year ago. Uh, so, if I'm not mistaken, we talk about Redemption Arcs. And Ash is like, yo, you know who's nigga Vegeta remind me of? You know, fuck, I'm not going to give y'all the, you know what I'm saying, the whole thing. But go ahead and listen to it. Check it out. If, like, you know, these writers be working, like, slave hours to get this shit out to y'all, and y'all sit here and y'all send them death threats, I'm like, y'all are some ungrateful-ass bastards. Like, who raised y'all? Like, nah. I'm not with it. And that goes for, like, anything. Not even just manga, but just, like, any type of creative outlet like you don't disrespect the creators like what's wrong with you like honestly i feel like he should do something petty and kill off like a fan favorite just to piss off people more you like i really want him to do that <laughs> who you nigga i don't care i don't care who who do you who would you want them to kill off Shoto? oh yeah probably bro, you both you, you trying to get niggas killed bro <laughs> or um What's her name? Midoriya's hoe. Midoriya? <laughs> you really wrong for that. Misogyny levels on high. Really Misog- Real misogyny hours. Who the fuck? Oh, shoot. It's a, I'm a female. It's okay. I can say yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Perpetuating <laughs> the misogyny. Man, I embrace all the misogyny. Honestly, like, you know how many fucking redemption arcs I've seen of bad, of bad, uh, "Quote unquote bad characters like Vegeta pulled up to Earth, assisted in killing everyone, and is now like the the num the the one B guy of Dragon Ball. Like, miss me with that bullshit, bro. <laughs> you know, side point. You know who Vegeta reminds me of? Who? <laughs> Fucking uh, Ice Cube. Ice Cube started <laughs> off as like a gangster rapper. Yeah, and now he does like he's like a family man. That reminds me of <laughs> Vegeta so yeah. much. Like he's <laughs> that might yo, that might be the pod title this week. Vegeta is Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> like that's who you remind me of. To your point, man. This next one is, uh, I believe, episode eight, uh, titled "Eminem Was My Breaking Point." Uh, you know, it's really easy to find all these clips because we just named all the best parts as the episode titles. So, uh, yeah, man, we were talking about Venom and uh, the build-up leading to Venom and whatnot, and. Uh, we were just, we, I think with the Slenderguini was fully running on all cylinders for this one. And then, like, Terrence just came out with the bar, bro. Like, shout out Terrence. Shout out everybody involved, man. You mean, go ahead and take a look. I feel like he's going to overact the fuck out of this. And then, like, it's just, it's just like, not going to be a good movie. He just here for the bag, bro. I, I respect it. Three movies coming on. Like, I, that money. I also feel bad for Riz Ahmed, who, like, who's a great, like, phenomenal actor. He's wasting his talent yes. for this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. White America would love Venom. Oh yeah, you got Eminem for the uh, soundtrack. They gonna eat this up, bro. Edge Lord Twitter. This is their movie. Love Venom. 
Like, I feel like Venom, like, every time I would watch the trailer again, I slowly got more interested in it, but then, you are uh, no, nah, I can't do it. No. Like, every time I, I look at the trailer, I was like, this gonna look, this, this kind of look, I hate to watch, but then Eminem tweeted that link to, to the trailer and stuff, I was like, uh-uh, nope, can't, nope, mm-mm, nope, not Eminem, mm-mm, <laughs> nope. Eminem was my breaking point for Venom, yes. That's hilarious. Soundtrack, soundtrack confirmed F, movie confirmed F, the Sony, the Sony not Spider-Man universe, nope. Can that be the name Graphic. of the episode? Eminem was my breaking point? Yeah. That's the name <laughs> of the episode. This next one, man, was uh, fresh after Red Dead Redemption 2 dropped the Yeehaw Arrow timeline. It was a very spectacular one. Uh, we were talking about, you know, how real, how how real the game would get real, real, you know, what I'm saying real quick. You feel me? Uh, you be running around, and uh, all of a sudden you get jumped by the old Driscolls, them goddamn old Driscolls. But uh, yeah, man, we had a real good talk about this one, and uh, I'm not sure if I said it or Brandon said it, but like, yeah, nigga, like, niggas was getting ran for pelts. Let's, let's check out the clip. The old Driscolls be running up, dog. They, they, they. The old Driscolls are the yeah. definition of on-site, G. Like no bullshit. And if they dip, you not catching them. Oh, like <laughs> they got crackhead speed, bro. You not, <laughs> <laughs> not catching. Somebody dipped on me at the and when I was raiding one of the camps in the story in the early part. He was gone. I never seen him again. And we lined up <laughs> the people in the train, and I got one of them. And this other one took off. He's gone. Like wait, wait! It's cold out here, bro. It's snowy. Why y'all? The thing about the game, though, is it really makes me think about what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I'm making matters much in every single thing that I do. Yeah, no facts. Like, I killed one of them train people, and I had a a huge red field down the corner of my eye, and I just act like I didn't see it because I don't know what that means. Like, did my karma go down? Like, is like what would happen? You just see it red, bro. <laughs> yeah, like I got an exclamation point that popped up on my map. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of it's a lot. It's sensory there. overload. It really is. It's really it sensory really overload. Is. That man feeling the weight of his decisions. Like, hmm. Sometimes bro, you, know, you gotta quick. you gotta swap your weapons around your horse. Some man. Bro, gee, bro, I be running into gunfights. Like, where the fuck is my car? But where, where's my rifle at, nigga? Like, they be catching me laughing on your horse. Yeah, you left it on your horse. <laughs> Yo, what you they, 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 they treat like, oh. you like when you hit a chicken in Skyrim, bro. Yes, bro. Literally walked up. I just had a legendary pelt on my uh, horse too, and bro, they just shot me. I died, bro. Bro, no, just who's <laughs> got me from my pelt, G? I was so mad. They ran me for my fucking pelt. They ran me for my pelt, bro. Actually, hold up, hold up. That for my phone. That might be the fucking intro of the pod this week. They ran me for my pelt. That might be the title. My pelt, G. This next clip, man, came from our, uh, I think, top five anime all-time episode. Uh, the Bro J5, shout out uh, Justin, came through with that one. And uh, I think after we had all gave our list or whatever, we really came to... Uh, I think we're discussing DBZ's impact and where it stands, stuff like that. And Bro really came through with the word, like the greatest explanation of DC's, uh, DBZ's place in the culture I've ever heard. Go ahead and uh, check it out. It is. I, I I'll say this, even though it's number one, it is Baby's first anime. It's not. It's it's not deep. 
it's not it's not deep. anime <laughs> it is it's not deep at all it's it's i mean it's as a show it is literally buff dudes with no shirts fighting. on it yeah. fighting you're right but, shooting beams and shit yeah the monkeys throwing hands be hitting like yeah yeah it be hitting yeah. sometimes but, but you think of it as like you know, it's it's the JV to the varsity, and you know, like you always got to give respect to where you came from, and I think for a lot of us, or I mean, it might not be a lot of us that that was their first their first foray. I can remember Dragon Ball Z came on at six a.m. on a local affiliate on on my um, you know, where I'm from in Virginia, and when we were watching it, it felt like, oh my god, are we supposed to be seeing this? Like this shit looks crazy. We've not, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And now to see where it's at now, it's like you gotta respect it. Like even when Super came out, I was asking people like, should I be watching this? Because like I, I outgrew it. There yeah. there were so yeah. many there yeah. so many other things, but super and again, super, very basic, very straightforward. But at this at the same time, it has those moments where it knows what you were watching when you were a kid. When you see that ultra instinct part and he's like he's coming. It's like, oh shit! Like this is back from when he turned into Super Saiyan three, or when he did two <laughs> and shit like that. It's like Toriyama and all those those people. Like they know how to get your nostalgia, like running and pumping. Like and and I think that's why Super won so much last year because it was like, yo, it's back, it's popular, and everybody loves it, and everyone has an opinion about it. And I think that's why Dragon Ball is going to continue to win because people are going to be in their forties telling their kids about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's literally it's the it's the it's the uh, old sold records records. It's like the Luther Vandross of anime. You know, like it's it's literally what you plan. He's like, what you know about this shit right here? What <laughs> 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 fuck, you know, fuck you know about the planet Namek destruction? Vandross of anime, I love it. Dog, episode 20 was uh, what we call in Looking Glass the church highlight tape. The whole episode, man, was dropping quotables. Uh, this was like his flu game, dog. But uh, at the end, I think that end of the episode, uh, we were talking about uh, the first end game trailer that had just dropped the same day, you know, y'all feel me? They revealed the title, and dog, church just like went in. Like, I think he said, like, uh, yeah, man, y'all didn't heard the clip before. Go ahead, check it out. It wasn't much, they didn't show us much, and that's perfect for a first trailer. However, um, a one minute goodbye monologue and a fucking trailer ain't hitting my guy. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm gonna keep it a G. That shit was not, nah, I'm not me with that. Bro, I, I, I ain't seen nothing, you know. Not too much being worth excited for that. That nigga dying in space. Listen, listen, listen. Here's the deal the trailer was perfect, and you know why? Because it had no content. I don't want to yeah. see anything. I don't want to mm. know anything. That little scene of Scott. Leak, leak's been out, bro. Leak's hey, been hey, out. Hey, Brandon, I'm glad. For real, GG. There's nothing to show, bro. They're going to pull up to... to uh, where, where'd Dano staying at? Strawberry? There's going to be like... There's going to be about a 20-minute fight. And then that's it. They're going to be dead in those fucking cornfields. Yeah. And then he gets. I think maybe, maybe Kale might show up. Dano's okay, hung his armor up in tall trees, bro, bro where the skinners like the are. Dog, like the and, 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 bro, oh my God. Bro. 
bro. Strange <laughs> fruit is gonna be playing as Thanos beats the fuck out of these niggas, bro. <laughs> like, I, I don't think you understand, bro. Like this, <laughs> there ain't much to show. But here's the thing: this would be the perfect. This next one comes from episode twenty-six, uh, entitled "Doc Arc is Mandark." We were having a discussion about uh, Otto Octavius' uh, latest run on Superior Spider-Man. Y'all know Brandon's affinity for uh, Otto Spidey. Uh, and then we just, I think we just got fed up. This nigga's, uh, oh, we just got fed up. He called him the ghost Spider-Man that snapped. I had to do it to him. I, I ain't sorry about it either. Bitch, and that Fucking is my goat. Best cosmic Superior Spider-Man. Oh, Peter Parker. I, I like the, the, the suit. Wait, hold up. Peter Parker can never do what, motherfucker? Oh. Nigga, nigga, Fire Lord got whooped by Laura Kenny. Let's stop. I don't bro, Otto was Otto's really just literally doing a feat. Peter already did, bro. The nigga, bro, Otto want to be Peter so bad he recycling his feats, dog. No, he not because Peter not doing none of this. Bro, oh, here's the thing. Like, I don't. I be. I'll like. I read the first issue and like even the other issue that I seen him in. Like I like evil characters. I like bad characters. But Otto's just annoying. Like it's yeah. not it's not fun reading his dialogue because he's it's just not. He's, he's, he's really just he's an incel. Yeah. Dead? No, dead? no. <laughs> like, he he's just okay, this pseudo intellectualism yeah. that's just annoying. He's those Weird, yeah. he's the bespectacled he's character in the Twitter. anime. He's no, in, like, you know, it you know, is. The, he's anime, bro, no, he's listen, fucking shabbed him. Yeah, hey, listen. In anime, you know the the glasses character that you already know is yeah. He's With just a glint. snob. Talking to himself, like you know those weirdo anime niggas on the TL that be talking to themselves on the TL. Like, yeah, I mean that's what I he mean, sounds that, like. He's lit though. You can't you don't slander him like that. Like he, he even lies. looks like an incel. <laughs> like it's, he really he's do. literally pale. He really do, dog. <laughs> He really do. <laughs> so every, I'm only reading this one because I like his suit, and two, I just want to see him lose because he's just annoying. No, but we wait, gonna see him, but we gonna see him win in the next issue. Y'all, right? y'all, do y'all remember the last episode title I said the one earlier? Because I'm about to write this shit down. <laughs> yeah. he, he is, yeah. but look, the suit's fire, and and you know it's probably gonna be good regardless. He's just annoying. That's it. Yes, he can't be Spider. the best Spider-Man to me because there's other like Kane is is a Kane isn't Spider-Man. He's, he's like, I know, I know, but like, I feel like, why do you need Otto, bro? Kane is enough, because Kane actually ha- isn't annoying. I know, but Kane isn't like, Kane, okay, I love Kane, but Kane's kind of a brainlet sometimes. Exactly. That's more entertaining than <laughs> to- constantly being talked down to by a fucking like, character, dog. Like, Kane be eating niggas, so I don't know about that. That sound raw to me. I mean, it is raw. I'm just saying. I don't hear a problem. Bro, I don't want to see Otto in his pocket squares, bro, in his lab coat. I don't want to hear him talking about, (laughs) you're ruining my plans, my experiments. (laughs) I don't want to hear all that, bro. Like, just get in your shit and do the deed and go home. Bro, bro, Otto Octavius is man dark from Dexter's lab, dog. Yeah, yeah. 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 Talking. talking. I want you to know if any of these these thumbnails are slandering him. I'm not making them. I just want you to know. You ain't got to, bro. Find somebody. Bro, all he got, all he got to do is throw a picture of Otto up there with some white text and just be like, bam, that's a thumbnail. <laughs> Bad thumbnail. <laughs> this next one comes from episode 32, of course, entitled Skywalkers or just Space Uchihas, bro. Uh, you know, Ash gave us the Vegeta's Ice Cube 
if Skywalker the Space Chaos aren't isn't the top analogy, it's damn sure number two. Cause uh, I've never heard a better description of these magical niggas who just fuck up the universe. Go ahead and check out the clip. As it confirms that Star Wars Episode Nine will be the end of the Skywalker saga. Well, About damn time. Yeah, get those space Uchihas out of here, man. Wow. <laughs> get the space Kardashians out of here, man. Tired yeah. of that family, man. <laughs> you know, like um. I'm writing that down for the episode title. <laughs> they're like the the Mara family, bro, in football. Like, get them out of here, bro. Skywalker just space Uchihas. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, he's not wrong. It, it, it's it's facts, man. Like. They're just poisoning the galaxy, and they don't go away. What what bloodline is stronger? It's just I'm tired. It's time to end it, man. So I'm glad there's some sort of closure here. Uh, yeah. This next one comes from our 50th episode, where uh, we said one of the most problematic things ever on this podcast, and uh, it, we went th- we went down dark hole. We were talking. We got it from Stranger Things to uh, school shooters and uh. I hope y'all don't judge me for this. Check out the clip. I see his point that he probably want to put on like some some new people that people don't know about. Like I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know who them motherfucking kids on Stranger Things were, but now they're about to be everywhere. I promise you. Um, yeah, so I don't remember the names besides the black one, Little Money Brown, and uh, names, but I recognize the face. The guy looks like a school shooter. Um, so all of them, like what do you? I don't know. Did they like? I said that when I realized. Mike. Even the black one. Okay, let's relax. Let's relax. Okay, relax. Because you know how he was dripping in that. He had the Gucci shoot, and like, you ain't seen the level of drip he had. that's just, that's just, that's just sad. Uh, niggas who drew shooting up parties, nigga. What the fuck you talking about? Shoot up the whores. That's what they be shooting. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't know who died. Not in the end. Yeah, no, no, we don't say who. Ash, what is your name? This next one up here is, uh, I'm not even going to front. This is some sick shit I said. Uh, <laughs> uh, we was talking about, uh, you know, recently, you know, Spider-Man left the MCU. We all remember this. And uh, we was talking about how, you know, Spider-Man content hits a little different, you know what I'm saying? When Aunt May can't make ends meet, dog. So, uh, yeah, this is fresh after San Diego Comic-Con, right after it. And uh, it was real raw in there, you feel me? Let's go ahead and get into it. Love you 3000 now, because Papa Iron Man, we don't have to hear about Tommy anymore. Oh, yeah, he God. said, that, he said man. Yeah, that, that bitch is dead. He gone. Yeah, man. He ain't never come back. Keep that man. Just skip, skip the high school shit. Just uh, throw that nigga in you college. Don't, uh, don't no, care man, about. He don't got no Tony Stark check no more. That boy's broke. Yeah. <laughs> he back in the trenches, baby. Look, man, no, no. It make, bro, listen, system, bro. G, listen, G, bro. Spider Man content hit different when Ant Man can't pay the bills, bro. I need, I need somebody. Mm-hmm. I need somebody bro, to. You know gee, I need someone to walk up to Marissa. To Marissa told me like, mm-hmm. what you gonna do for this forty ball, man? 
What you gonna do for oh me? Yeah, no, you can't. No, no, see, no, 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 no. What's now? You talk about me now? No, uh, 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 uh. Uh-huh. What you got gonna do? Uh-huh. Is you come talk about need... me and you go uh, say that? Listen, man. Man. no, no, sir. Listen, I need someone. You better put that ball. I need, bro. Listen, listen, G. I need someone to walk up to to me when I'm saying with them two twenties. Like, what you gonna do? What you got for me, bro? This final clip was a, I believe, to be a particularly inspirational piece from um from my interview with Brian Edward Hill. Where uh, it should hit home with me. He just said, uh, you know, as someone who looks like us, you know, talks like us, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the hardest thing to do is feel like you're making an impact in the world, right? And you, you, once you get that first sign that you're doing what you think you're supposed to be doing and you're making an impact, then it's just fucking push through. Just keep fucking pushing, and you know, eventually you're going to fucking get there. Uh, I really enjoyed our interview with Brian Everett Hill. It's probably my, at least personally, I think uh, that's the episode I'm most proud of. Uh, go ahead and uh, take a look. But uh, Let's go ahead and get into our questions for the day. Uh, I already introduced you, so... Uh, like what? What inspired you to become a writer? Did you always want to be be a writer, or did this something just like kind of fell in your lap? Oh man! Well, the, the short answer is well, no. I did not always want to be a writer. I, um, when I was a kid, I read a book called Red Dragon by Thomas Harris, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's the first in the Hannibal Lecter novels, right? So the first appearance of Hannibal Lecter. It's the Will Graham stuff. No clarity. It's just Will Graham. So I read that book, and, and the character in that book was a guy that was chasing serial killers, right? And I was like, ooh, that sounds like a that sounds like a job for me. I want to do that. So when I was like 13, I thought I was going to be an FBI agent. I was going to go after like serial killers. I wanted to be like, you know, that dude from that book. And I was kind of set to that for a number of years. And then my mom saw that I wasn't playing around, and she was like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like when you don't have a gun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
It was surreal. It was surreal up there. It you know, and that we had nightmares about. Oh yeah, let me tell you, man. It, you know, it, it was it was real up there, and I I was so broke I couldn't even afford like the metro card for the subway. So I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning, and I would walk to NYU down on A Street. I walked from one twenty five to A Street, uh, so I could get there by the time my first class started at like nine nine thirty or something. And then uh, at the end of the school day, I would have to bugger off and walk back up to Harlem. Because I wanted to get out there before it got too dark, right? Before I was just like, you know, this dude just walking up, not knowing where he was, looking like it looked like a target, right? I looked like a, you know, I looked like a thug snapper, you know. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't be up there like that. But I tell you what, though, uh, there was one day when I'm like walking up, I'm walking up there. It's a little late. It's like about ten thirty because I hung out with some friends uh, before I before I hooked up, and no one knew how broke I was. I mean, maybe a couple of my friends knew, but it wasn't like a thing, and I was trying to hold it down, you know. And so, um, and I'm walking up there, and this dude, who looks like a combination of, like, Wesley Snipes and a string of bell, man, he just looks like, he looked, I mean, he looked like what keeps Republicans up at night, you know what I mean, like, he was that dude. And he's like, hey, and I'm like, oh no, it's over, it's a wrap on me, this is when it's over, it's going to end right here, apparently I've offended this man, and now I'm a fan. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah man, what up, he's like, yo man, you know, you, you, ain't, you ain't around here a lot, I'm like, oh, well, I'm just staying over at so-and-so's place, he's like, alright, alright, what you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to finish up film school, man, oh, okay, you, go, you going to school then? I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's like, alright, you're going to be alright. I'm gonna make sure the block takes care of you, but if I see you get involved with anything, then it's on. So from that time on, it's in the mirror, like that neighborhood was really looking out for me, right? Because they were like, all right, well, this dude is trying to try to do something with himself. And I'm like, you know, 20 years old, so I didn't know nothing about nothing. Uh, and they actually looked out, you know, um, and just made sure that, like, you know, I got that safe, I didn't get messed around with, like, that, that kind of thing, man. So shout out to Harlem back in the late 90s, man, kept me alive. But, um, I was just doing a lot of writing, because I could just do a bunch of writing. So I figured, listen, I don't know how a black guy directs movies, because it was Spike Lee, and, you know, and, and Singleton, but it was just Spike Lee and Singleton, really. You know, Ernest Dickerson uh, was a DP, he was Spike's DP, he was a professor, so there were, like, some of us that were, like, in there. But I didn't know how you could do it. But what I felt like was, well, if I write a screenplay, they don't know I'm a Negro. Like, they can't look at a script and be like, black guys, you're not. Right, right. So, and, and my name's like Brian Hill, right? Yeah. So I sound like a, like a, you know, I sound like a, like a chubby Irish kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and my mom was hilarious. But back in the day, my mom was like, you know, you know, you were, you were, she always told me, you know, when you were born, Roots came out, and everybody got those Roots names, but I gave you that play name so you could get a job. <laughs> Shout out to Mama Hill, everybody. That's that Missouri Mama for you right there. That's Mama Hill right there. I mean, that's, that's what she was about. So, um, yeah, so I figured, all right, well, I'm just going to write a, I'm just going to write screenplays, because I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like race was going to keep me out of the game when it comes to product, right? Like, mm-hmm. Whenever you look at how black folks have been able to kind of find their way through the system, a lot of times it's because either we become a product or we make a product mm. that the system 
embraces, right? So they don't necessarily have to feel like they are putting us on personally or advancing our cause. It doesn't necessarily feel like a threat because they're, they're basically exploiting what you're making in, in, in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. So that was my strategy. It's different now. I'm talking like, this is pre-911. We're talking like 1999. You know, this is... Uh, so this is way back before we had a Ryan Coogler's, before we had, you know, the Steve McQueen's. Like, that wasn't a thing back then. What I wanted to be was something that just people just didn't, you just didn't, you didn't become that, right? So, uh, I started writing screenplays. And I uh, sent them around and, uh, you know, didn't, didn't sell anything for a while, but then I got for a whole another option here. An option is when a producer says, hey, we like that script. We're not going to buy it, but we're going to give you some money so we can hold it and try to get it made. And if we get it made, we'll buy it. And an option can happen uh, for a contracted amount of time. Like it can be a six-month option. It can be a two-year option. They put a little money in your pocket. Generally, not a lot of money, especially when you're starting out. But, you know, you can draw some blood, right? Uh, and it kind of keeps you in the game. So I did a little bit of that, and then uh, I bumped into... Uh, a guy named Nelson Blake the second, who I did a book called Romulus with mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago. And Nelson was a comic book illustrator. Uh, he used to hang out with a bunch of us. There used to be a Starbucks. There's a long way to answer this question, but it's a story. I'm going to tell you the story. So, uh, there was a Starbucks in, in Astro Place over in New York in, in the late 90s where all like, these comic book uh, 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 artists used to go. I used to bring a little, uh, the, the writing tables back when they were still working on paper. So, like, Chris DeBarn was over there. Fleur Richardson was over there. Damian Scott was over there. That's how I met LaShawn Thomas. You know, I, I wrote that episode of Cannon Busters not too long ago. Well, I met LaShawn back in the day, you know. Uh, and uh, Nelson and I became good friends, and I met uh, some other comic book folks, and then I wound up finding a place to live with this dude named Walter McDaniel, who was a comic book artist from the 90s. Uh, and he was doing his own kind of art studio thing, and he needed a writer. So, you know, I just kind of finessed it uh, into sticking around New York. And then a bunch of things, you know, kind of slowly materialized. I, I ended up writing a Dolph Lundgren movie, and that kind of got that thing going. And then I met some other comic book people, and, and eventually that uh, got me a short story over at Top Cow. Uh, and so I did that. You know, and then from then on, you just kind of you just keep punching. I mean, the hardest thing to do is to make the enemy stumble. Once they stumble, you just keep hitting, right? Like, that's, that's easy, right? But when you're in the first round of trying to get your career together, you know, it's like you're fighting Drago. Like, you just don't know who to hook this man. Fuck that. Yeah, that's that. You know what I mean? But, but once, once you get them, once you see, once you get them, and, and they take that breath, it doesn't have to be a knockout. You just got to get that smack in here. It's like, okay, you hear me. <laughs> Okay, so this is just about who falls down first. Well, I ain't gonna fall down, so we can have a long time. Uh, so that's and that's from our, that was from our latest episode, everybody. Uh, I mean, Brian Arrejo is a really cool, cool dude. Really enjoyed interviewing him. Uh, time for some bad news, though, to everybody. Uh, this will be the final final episode of Looking Glass. Uh, you know, we started this about a year some change ago. Uh, didn't think anyone was going to listen, and we have been incredibly blessed and favored to uh, be in the position that we are. You know, we get 
about 300 people a week listening to us, which I thought, which is 300 more people than I thought was going to listen to us. You feel me? Um, thank you to all our fans. We would have not done this without you. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've sat here uh, editing and thinking, what the fuck am I doing? And I get a tweet from somebody saying, yo, this really helped me get, get me into comics. Yo, this really helps me get through my day. This helps me get through work. You know what I'm saying? This is what, some one of the few things I got to uh, look forward to. To those people, I apologize. Uh, but I want to say thank you. I really want to say thank you for the last year and some change. You've welcomed us into your homes, uh, into your hearts, and that's really all I could ever hope for. You know, we always joked about never making money off of this. And I'm going to keep it 100% honest with everybody. Uh, if even one person tweets me or tells me in any shape or form, yo, I wasn't really into comics before. I wasn't really into this or that before. But listening to y'all, man, listening to y'all, that got me through it. That got me into it. If even one person tells me that, this is all worth it. It is all worth it. Thank you to everybody. Uh, I really, this has probably been the time of my life with some incredible people. Uh, truly wondrous people who have made me laugh so hard. And I cannot be more appreciative. Uh, we put our heart and souls into this. We put everything we had into this. And I want y'all to remember us for how we were, the time, the good times we provided everybody. At least I hopefully we think we did, and uh, the content uh, for almost sixty episodes. I think that's including our special episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the hours of work we put into this. Uh, thank you to everybody who has supported. I couldn't ask for more. So, for the final time, this is X, aka Henny. At Black Eyes 392, y'all know the tag. The flagrant motherfucker you love it to hate. Uh, please don't judge me for my tweets. Uh, don't follow me. Uh, shout out to Scott. I definitely stole that shit. Uh, drawing inspiration from him back when we started. Uh, and of course, uh, Excelsior bitches. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for letting us into your lives. And for the final time, we're signing off. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to go out like that. Um, before that, I just want to say a quick thank you to everybody who inspired me to do this, inspired us to do this. Uh, people like Scott, Pierce, Flows, uh, my nigga Van, Amp, uh, J5, Meals, Jeff, everybody, RNC, Mark, uh, Cyrus, you know, uh, man, everybody I can think of. I can't, I'm, I apologize if I'm blanking on names right now. I'm doing this off the top of the dome, but Y'all helped inspire us, and I hope we helped inspire y'all to pursue y'all dreams, to follow what you really believe in and what you want to pursue. Man, I'm going to leave you like this. Live your best fucking life. That's the message of this podcast. Live your best fucking life. Thank you. We love you. Thank you for all your support. We're out.